0: Hey, everybody. Well, it is an exciting day today. We are starting our very first Black Box podcast. And I have my trusted friend, Melissa, with me. Great to have you here, Melissa.
1: Good to be here. We're going to dive into some conversations, some behind the scenes here at Crossroads and STV. So looking forward to it.
0: For sure. So let me just set up the whole premise of the Black Box podcast. So we all admire when leading edge organizations reveal a concept or a tool or strategy or resource that gets high engagement or results. And I've asked myself so many times, I'm sure you have as well, Melissa, and so many leaders do out there. So how did they get there? How did they build towards that solution? And I've always wondered what would it be like to see how the Google executive team operate in action? How does Apple take an idea and then move it through to actually something they deliver on? And most organizations actually keep these meetings reserved for only the highest level leaders. And it's usually probably because they're trying to preserve the organization or keep some development opportunities for certain individuals and so on. But what if the best way to accomplish the preservation of an organization and developing opportunity for other people is to invite everyone to listen, learn, and contribute to what is inside the black box?
1: And we know that great leaders contribute effective input to effective organizations. So how do we get there? Great leaders admire effective output from effective organizations. So this black box that exists between the input and the output that most leaders don't have an opportunity to see and understand unless you're at the table. And that's very few within an organization. So how do you help to bring change throughout an organization with multi-layers? That's what... The black box is all about
0: right exactly so black box leadership is a development strategy really then it invites every leader to see and contribute to what is traditionally restricted to those who sit at those executive tables making the black box accessible to every leader increases our strategic organizational understanding. It can enhance our mission ownership internally for all those who are working at the organization, but also externally eventually as well. It can build trust, improves our organizational agility through feedback loops. So there's so many opportunities that we think this could really be a big improvement for us.
1: So our hope is with this Black Box Leadership podcast that we will inspire and influence communities of leaders, equipping them with resources and tools. We're going to go through that as well today to help us lead better and healthier. We will look behind the scenes of an executive meeting. That's what I was telling you about earlier. So you're going to get the inside scoop and discuss how an effective organization listens. How do we learn? How do we strategize? How do we innovate and tackle challenges in a postmodern culture? Ultimately, we hope to use this tool to shrink the gap between the executive team and all of our team members to answering questions like, what are they actually talking about in there? And who are we becoming? Where are we going? Mm -hmm. And to decrease the barriers of information flow to and from our executive team.
0: Right. So hopefully, we will accelerate idea generation from anyone in the organization. So when individuals perceive the direction and are encouraged to speak into the organization's trajectory, It should accomplish the following, more accurately identify problems that we need to solve about how to get to where we want to go, inspire ownership for the mission more profoundly throughout the organization, extend insight and flow into the strategy throughout all aspects of the organization and in all directions. So not just top down or input to output, but kind of all the way through.
1: Then our goal will be to move this from something internal to an externally engaged online community of leaders that can eventually provide real-time feedback and content into this podcast. We want to engage current and future stakeholders in the support and development of our shared mission. That's huge to reach everyone everywhere with the love and hope of Jesus.
0: Right. With an ultimate goal to reshape the perception of crossroads and Christianity throughout North America. Just a small goal.
1: Okay, Kevin. I don't know <laughs> if we'll get there today, but that can be our, our end goal. Right. Let's take a listen to a few minutes of a conversation we recently had in one of our executive meetings. You know, the ability to say, I don't know what I don't know, and we're going to actually explore that together, mm. that's like, that doesn't always jive well, people are wanting yeah, what's the answer because I, I need to know, I'm unsure. You're the leader, you have that. I'll just follow what you said. And so mm-hmm. this is a whole new way of saying, no, no, no. We all don't know, we're gonna discover that together. But somebody needs to even lead that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So there still needs to be a leader, but it doesn't mean you have to have the answers. So I so. like what you're
0: talking about there because let's, let's explore that a little bit. So why, why do people want an answer? I think you said some of the things, but why do people want an answer? Why do we think? Because we're impatient. We're impatient, yeah. Paulette? Because they've been conditioned to think that way. Agreed. Yeah. It's the culture. Yeah. The culture tends to be organized around, and and we're so fast-paced microwave world, we're like give me the answer so I can just go get it done.
2: There's a novel called Cathedrals of the World, have you ever heard of it? (laughs)
0: Correction, it's called Pillars
2: of the Earth by Ken Follett. It talks about the history of a cathedral and how the first generation's cathedral builders were still 600 years away from the finality of the cathedral, from the final process. Mm. So they had to commit themselves to being okay with their children's 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 children accomplishing their work. And... As leaders, we're not okay with someone else accomplishing our work. We need to leave this thing better than we found it. And and so this multi-generational kind of deep-rooted sense that I put my plow in the field for someone else to potentially sow the seed is a very, very challenging thought for most leaders. Very challenging.
0: First of all, let me just say, I love that Joel had the record scratch mic drop on himself there in the edit. I really do love that. I think that's great. So Melissa, lots to talk about here out of this, and we're not going to have all the answers for this, but let's have a conversation to follow this up. How do we manage the tension of being an organization with a lot of quick starts who want answers quickly to ensure that we're going forward in the right direction and we're accomplishing what we want to do. But how do we balance that with building enough patience or understanding to make sure that we're making the right decisions going forward? How do we... How do we move forward fast and take enough time to make the right decision?
1: That's the million dollar question. That's why we're here, right? We're going to figure that out. I think it's that healthy tension. And I think a lot of it is being aware of it. There's so much good with being a quick start. There's so much good with being able to turn an idea into something. Cause sometimes you just don't want to sit around a table and talk about something we need to do, mm-hmm. I think God's asked us to do things with our hands, with our skills, with the, the things that we have. And so you don't want to just sit back and, and do dream about something that can't get done or can't make something happen. But then are we just dreaming up things, making things happen without stepping back enough to say, is it effective? Is it working? And I think it's a lot of stewardship. It's are we being good stewards of the things and the ideas that we have.
0: Right. And so one of the things that's interesting for me coming into the organization, being new eyes, fresh eyes, fresh ears, and seeing the way that this ministry has functioned and developed over the years one of the challenges that we have to uncover and work through is how, again, entrepreneurial spirit, and we're thankful that God has blessed us with that. Because that's going to be, let's, before I even finish that thought, this entrepreneurial DNA that God has placed within this organization, as much as I respect David Maines, it was God that put it in the organization is going to be incredibly valuable for us as we navigate this world that's changing so fast. We can't keep up, and we know the world ahead of us is different than the world behind us. So let's, first of all, just praise and thank God that that's here. And we don't wanna lose that. We wanna excite that and build that but actually we have to build the systems and the processes to be able to support the kind of change and growth that we wanna have happen. And it's managing that tension well, it's stewarding that tension well.
1: And I think without the entrepreneurial spirit, we can't go further. We can't, because the unknown pathways are so unknown. There isn't a clear cut way forward. So we better have that adventure spirit. We better say, yeah, we're going to go for it. And so we need that. So again, another tension point is not to have systems that hinder or stop creativity or innovation. But like you said, Kevin, it's the support so that it's sustainable. So that it can go. I, I often say like the deep and wide, you know, we want to go deep with these things. We don't just want to keep going wide with with little effectiveness. Mm-hmm. That's not why I'm here, mm-hmm. right? We want to actually move the needle. And so you need to innovate, but we need systems and things in place to help it grow and have a little bit of legs and sustainability as well.
0: Right. So it's really and not or. It's the, it's the, the big and. We're trying to say, we want to continue to have these great Insights, innovation, ideas, and we want to have this the conversations and build the structure and support to make sure that they can live and grow in the future. We're going to learn the beauty of the and in a lot of areas. You know, even in terms of being a directive organization versus a discovery organization, which you kind of hear a little bit there, where we're used to being a directive organization. You know, top down, do this and get it done, and we got to get that done. We have to create space and time for people to be involved in the conversation to discover what the future is. You know, a leader-driven vision dies with a leader, but a shared vision lives on. This is why one of the things I say is the best ideas are not my ideas. Because if I own the idea, then it stays with me. I own all the responsibility and the failure or whatever. If we share it, we share the joys and the blessings of being successful together. And we also share the challenges and the failures and the hardships. And it's a lot, I tell you, it's a lot easier to share a hardship with somebody else than to, than to have it by yourself.
1: So how do we make those shifts? Again, it won't happen overnight, but that idea of, you know, being used to having a clear directive, this is what we need to do and move forward with that, to discovery, the sense of adventure, the sense of we're in this together. What are some of those small ways, Kevin, that we can start to see that needle shift?
0: Yeah, so I think listening, listening is so close to loving most people can't tell the difference and when we're in a directive organization and we think that people just prefer to be directed sometimes they're doing that of self-preservation sometimes they're doing that because they don't think that they're valued enough or that they don't understand the incredible insight that the Spirit of God has given to them to contribute to the future of the organization the reality is and I think this is true in in the Church of Jesus Christ as a whole We tend to think of the pastor or the leader as the one that needs to climb the mountain and get the vision and come down and tell everybody what it is. But we actually believe in the priesthood of all believers. And if we really do, we need to help people listen to God for the future of the church, listen to God for the future of the organization and understand The responsibility, the privilege, the blessing that everyone is called to that. So it's not just me as a CEO that needs to go away and figure out what the eight word mission statement is and download it to everybody. You know, we barely get people to listen to God for their own personal life. And, you know, some of them listen to God for the future of their family, but very few people listen to God for the future of their church or the future of their organization or the future of their ministry. And we really want to open that door, and I think we do it by listening. If we actually ask the question, so what do you think about the future? Where do you think we're going? What do you think God's saying to us right now? I think it's opening the door to listen and have that conversation. And, and I think we'll be pleasantly surprised at how much people are really invested in it. We just haven't heard as much as we want to because we haven't opened the door. So it just starts by opening the door and listening, I think.
1: And that posture, right, of listening. And I think God can confirm things in multiple people as well. And then all of a sudden, when we are moving in that that right direction together. And so those are those are little things that we can start to do in the posture of listening. And I think listening to what God would ultimately want, right? Amen. Listening to each other, but then being very aware of God's voice and God's leading in all of this.
0: Amen, amen. You know, I just had this thought, that I had heard somewhere that the inventor of the stethoscope said, listen to your patients, they're trying to tell you how to cure them. Hmm. The whole posture, as you're talking about, was instead of being the doctor expert who has all the answers, I'm going to tell you what it is, you care, I'm actually going to listen to discover what it is that's going on. And that's the shift here for us to say, okay, we're going to actually really listen together as a collective community where the spirit of God works. We're going to listen together to discover the plan that God has for us. And we know he's going to lead us. He's going to clearly lead us in the way forward. He's more invested in it than even we are. And we just need to create the space to be able to listen.
1: And that's where that emitting that we don't have all the answers. And as leaders, again, not feeling maybe the pressure that you have to. And that again, is that culture shift to say, I don't know, let's talk that through together. What do you think? And come to even a conclusion together, because then all of a sudden we all own then the conclusion as well.
0: So thanks so much everybody for joining with us. This is awesome. We're just getting started. Who knows where this journey is going to take us, but we're out of the blocks and we're on our way.
1: We're on our way. And there is going to be so much more that we discover together, I think, again, this of listening that we are on together. Excited for more episodes to come.
0: We want to end every podcast with the black box clarity quote of the day. And here it is. The best ideas are not my ideas. They're our ideas.